This is the Dorkside News Network, and this just in. I hope people never figure out that uh, we're literally just repeating two guys from France who do the exact same podcast <laughs> word for word, but we're translating to English. Yes. Oh, wait, we're recording, so... Hey! <laughs> Um, no, because if we could translate real time word for word from another podcast, uh, I don't know. We'd probably have some other different job. Yeah, maybe. Seems seems valuable. Sure, it would be it would be interesting. I don't know if we did a Japanese podcast, you get a lot more information on. I guess. Yeah, that'd... for video games, I don't know. <laughs> we like. Wait a minute! They just said something like um, something totally relevant to like Mount Fuji or Tokyo <laughs> or something. It's like, oh dang it! We we got we got caught. Yeah. No, found this out. No, nobody would do this podcast but us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of, this podcast is the Dorkside News. Uh, we we do news. I'm James. I'm Richard. Well, we do news and then we talk about things. Who is this podcast sponsored by? Nobody. Nobody. So if if, uh, if you want a cheap podcast to sponsor, reach out to us. Um, I promise I will do all of my own ad reads. And I will make them... Way more interesting than just saying, this is audible.com. Not saying audible is bad, but I love audible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, we could be sponsored by audible or not because I listen to an, uh, probably at least one audible book a week. And again, we're not sponsored by audible. So this is just pure love later on when they pay us, that would be real love and fake love at the same time. <laughs> you have to pay extra for that kind of thing. Someone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we have some news and I think, after today, because of one of our news tidbits, we're going to talk about a specific video game that I'm very, very partial to. Yeah. Um, I will actually, I mean, if you figured it out by the title, I think you should know. Uh, but I'm actually going to leave the name of the game until we get to the, the news bullet. Sounds good. Just to tantalize those who, I guess, I don't know. Just would you kindly please continue listening? There you go. <laughs> uh, okay, so first up, Train to Busan. Now, I know we were talking about this um, earlier. You haven't seen it yet. Um, but you plan on it, hopefully. Just Train like, to Busan, not, yeah. not, not what's coming up. Yeah, no. Train to Busan. Yeah. Um, I have seen it, and it is an incredibly amazing zombie movie. Um, I don't know if you knew it was a zombie movie. No. But it is a zombie movie um, that takes place a little bit on a train, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a really – it's like – one of those one-off ones, like you keep seeing zombie movies and you're like, okay, it's just another traditional zombie movie. But Zombieland was an amazing zombie movie. Sure? It's kind of like that. Not funny, more like serious and horror, but to the point where it was it was so good, it felt like it was a one-off of its own Is type. it dubbed? Yes. I think it is dubbed. I think you can get it both subbed and Okay. Uh, I know people at home, uh, I'm sure some of them are going to be passionate uh, subtitle people. And, uh, I, I speak some other languages and I, I appreciate like not, I'm not fluent in them and I, I appreciate subtitles. I just, uh, most of the time I don't look at the screen, yeah. the whole movie. So, uh, I need, I am uh, the complete opposite. I drive my girlfriend batshit crazy. Cause I'm like, look, 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 you're not looking. I know you're not looking. Look. And she's like, all right, I'm looking. <laughs> yeah. That would drive me nuts. <laughs> I know I do it. I'm just apologizing in advance because I know I do. <laughs> um, but anyways, Train to Busan has a sequel that was announced. It's called Peninsula. Uh, two drastically different titles there. It's not Train to Busan Peninsula. It's just, I believe it's just called Peninsula. Train's got to go somewhere. <laughs> it goes to the peninsula. <laughs> uh, and the release date's already confirmed. August 12th, 2020. Um, of all, uh, I would say, foreign movies that I've seen, like, 
this is in my top five. Drake and Busan was that good. Okay. I'm very partial to anything Tony Jaa did, which is uh, mostly all Thai movies. He's a really, really great uh, martial artist. Okay. Ong Bak, The Protector. He did a few other ones. But those are those are my top favorite foreign ones. But this was this was up there after I saw it. It was like, and I don't know. I, I watch movies over and over and over again. I don't know if I could do this one again because it's pretty it's pretty heart wrenching. Hmm. It's crazy. Um, but I'm excited that August twelfth, twenty twenty is coming fast, and we get to watch the second movie. And hopefully, you'll watch the first one before then. Yeah, <laughs> I bet I'll see Train to Busan before you see Wonder Woman. Probably. I have st- I still have no intention of watching Wonder Woman. And we were going over the news today, too, and I was like, I know that there is a Wonder Woman trailer out, and there is a Wonder Woman trailer out for Wonder Woman 1984. I just didn't put it okay. in there. Okay. It looks amazing, people. Um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about Wonder Woman, <laughs> WW84, real quick. So it looks like... The, you know, the most heart-wrenching travesty moment of the first movie is, of course, her losing Steve... Uh... Don't say Steve Rogers. No, not Steve Rogers. But so, what's, what's her You're last asking name? me. I haven't seen the movie. I don't, I'm not good with names. So, uh, the love of her life, the first man she ever saw in 3,000 years, and uh, he dies. And now he's brought back in 1984. And... We then kind of get the idea that he's going to die again. So uh, you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a roller coaster, but there's going to be Godot, and there's going to be crazy special effects nonstop. The saturation is going to be turned up to like twenty percent because those colors are like crazy vibrant, yeah. ridiculously vibrant. And uh, unless you have like a foot thing, like I think. Wonder Woman's going to have some major foot problems. They show a super close-up of her feet, and she's not wearing socks. And in boots, in combat, that can't be good. Yeah. Maybe goddesses don't, um, don't they, they perspire. They I don't, don't sweat. <laughs> I don't know. I got to see if I can find it so we can put it in the, uh, the, maybe next week's show notes is a secret link, but it won't be a secret then. But uh, there's a video called College, or a video website for College Humor. That's what it's called, just College Humor. I, I'm aware of College Humor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they did a very funny which which is what you reminded me of a very funny scene on um i think it's just like batman being inappropriate yeah, they've done a ton of batman but i think being, that's what it's called with the, with the guy that uh he's got like a big jaw and kind of muffles his voice oh bane no no i just feel like their batman actor oh he's yeah, like yeah. he's got kind of like a <laughs> no this one is like, like a jay leno jaw this video was him trying to turn every sentence that they said into something sexual She's mm-hmm, like, I mm-hmm. just stabbed you with a knife. It is penetrating yeah. three inches. He's like, oh, I penetrated you last night. <laughs> it just keeps going. But there's a there's a part in there when he was like, I fight crime in a rubber suit. <laughs> <laughs> you know how bad that smells after I kill? <laughs> Cosplayers know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was Wonder Woman that I didn't plan on talking about. But I, guess I got it in there for it. you guys, though, because <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's amazing. I have no idea why you wouldn't want to talk about an amazing movie that's super fun. I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. It is Gal Gadot with a whip, so you can't really go yeah, that wrong with I, I it. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, the, next, the next four we have are, are trailers, so I just put them all together in one. Um, so also, could, this was a trailer, Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, Wonder Woman 84 was also a trailer <laughs> that I did not put in here. <laughs> um, but the next one we're going to talk about is uh, Stranger Things the movie. I mean, Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> I am so excited for this movie. I, I, 
I think we talked about it before. I was not excited. I mean, I, I like Ghostbusters. I'm not a sure. super fan. I like Ghostbusters, though. But this one, this one ramped it up, and I'm excited for this one now. This, I mean, the quality of the cinematography just in the trailer <laughs> just looked so amazing. The set designs, the uh, finding the secret props of uh, Egon uh, Spangler. Yeah. I, I mean, I was sad when Egon passed away before we got to see Ghostbusters 3, but them acknowledging that um, he passed away and now he's like, the kids have taken over. What's what's amazing to me is if they do this right, and I'm sure they are, because it looks like they're doing yeah, everything it perfect. Looks like, it looks like they're doing it right. You've got a bunch of kids who are going to learn about being a Ghostbuster. You've got um, the vampire who's ageless and timeless. Yep. So he's going to be in the next ten movies, and you got so that the, vampire is going to be Keanu Reeves from now on because he's also ageless and. Just, well, no, that's that's probably the enemy. This will be, it'll be the first Keanu villain scene, yeah, yeah. Um, because Ant Man is in there. Oh, as, that's true. He's also ageless. He's also ageless. Yeah. So you've got a bunch of ageless people, and then you've got some really really old funny guys who are in going to be in this movie only because they're they're old. Yeah. They're old, but um, they're going to be able to pass that torch. The Ghostbusters are going to be able to pass that torch in probably a few minute scenes yeah. to the kids. And then you probably won't see them much in the next movie, but I'm hoping this is um, the beginning of a series. It looks like it could be. Uh, I mean, I think I got the most excited at the same part of the trailer where everybody else did was when the Ecto-1 busted out of the garage and they're driving through a field, which was crazy. Uh, and then it looked like some weird... I, I, the the best way I could describe it was a Demogorgon because that's what it sounded like and partially looked like. And that's why I made the Stranger Things reference because Devin Wolfhard is also in it. Yeah. Um, no, but no, I mean, minus that. There was no State Puff Man. So that's kind of upsetting. Um, but I'm sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> if this was based off the Ghostbusters of the cartoon, then you would have for sure Slimer and State Puff. Yep. Because. Stay Buff was miniaturized, kind of. He's still big, but not that big. And yeah, he was in the cartoon all the time. Then uh, he still could be. Yeah, we know. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. It was one of those things. That I guarantee, like maybe like the the last trailer before it comes out, they're gonna show like. Technically, the Stay Puff was never um, ghost trapped. Yeah, he just blew up. So, uh, but that means that he um, maybe he can't be ghost trapped, or maybe I don't know. Like, yeah. Who knows? Uh, up next, we had the season two trailer for one of our most talked about shows, I think, this year. Other than there was two. We had Umbrella Academy, yeah. which we did talk about. That which we were super excited about until the boys. Yes. And then we never mentioned the Umbrella Academy. Yep. And, until they said that they were doing a sequel, and then we, we talked uh, about it then. But yes, the, the boys um, is getting its sequel. And the best way I could describe the trailer, I mean, the, the link's in the show notes. Go look at it. Yeah. But uh Lots of blood and lots of middle fingers. That's man. So much blood. I mean, right. The really, I don't feel like it was, there was that many horrific moments after a few minutes into episode one of season one. Yeah. They like blew their budget on that. I mean, sure. The head exploded, you know, head being crushed thing. Maybe and there was a couple of times, but yeah. honestly, the goriest was the, the speedster. Yeah, yeah. The very beginning. This one, I feel like it's going to be gore <laughs> just everywhere, everywhere. 
But the most disturbing part to me, and I'm curious what was the most disturbing part to you, the most disturbing part to me is I am 99% sure that the villain is sticking his tongue into a cup of the breast milk from the woman who he killed. Yeah. And there's just something very disturbing about that scene. Like, he's got that weird mommy fetish. He's the one who killed her. And he wants, like, that last taste of her milk. (laughs) I I think, for me, the creepiest part was actually the very beginning. uh, When he was, when Homelander was kind of floating down and he had just blood everywhere on his face. What was creepy about it was he's kind of got, like, a half smirk, half distraught. Like, something just happened. Like, he... It was it was like maybe half a second before it looks like he might explode and just start destroying everything because it looks like he looks upset. Yeah, he looked upset, but he looked like he was like, "This is it. This is where it's going to happen." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Uh, and it looked like we saw—I forgot what his name was—but more of the the Batman character guy. Yeah, I can't. I can't. The, the Dark Knight guy. I was like silhouette or shadow. Or, I he, he's like uh, he's like the GI Joe uh, um, shadow. Man, Storm Shadow. He reminds me of Storm Shadow. Yeah. And he was probably about in in that as much as he was Storm Shadow. <laughs> like you see him twice and then that was it. Yeah. Well, hopefully we see him more. Um, there was I was all about the boys when I saw it. And I love the boys. But there was another show that came out that I, I personally just took to more. And that was The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And we got a 15-second teaser trailer for season three coming. And it was so awesome. 15 seconds, it was so awesome. It said, welcome to hell. And if you watched season two, the big question is, is that what's what's going on? I'd try not to spoil it, but also talk about it at the same time. Is that what's going on? Yes or no? But then when they said, welcome to hell, we're like, oh, shit. And uh, we are recording this in the middle of December. This comes out next month. Yeah. That's, I mean, I was like, that's quick. It's not quick, but it is. I just... um what is it about Sabrina? Now, I binge-watched Sabrina both seasons within a very relative short time, or both both parts of season one, right? Because they had a break. Yeah. Uh, relatively quickly. So, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I just don't know how you would like it more than Umbrella Academy or more than The Boys or more than half a dozen other things this year. Like, it's... I mean, the quality... Um, the quality of the special effects is relatively low. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have like a big CG budget. It's okay. Um, the cinematography is not as good as stranger things at, at all. I mean, like, no, it's just not. like, and, and, and what I mean by that, I mean like the quality of the light and the camera work, right. It's not, it's not like an epic feel like deep feels. So what is it about Sabrina that, uh, really appeals to you? So it's, the boys is kind of a, a retelling of something that I've seen recently. What's that? I don't know. Just like, is it an amalgamation of like stuff that okay. I've seen recently? Sabrina is taking something that I grew up on and not just telling it a different way, but it's a completely different story, but with the same characters. So to me, having those connections to. So it's a nostalgia factor. It's a nostalgia factor, but it's not because they're not the same in any way, shape or form. None of the characters correlate other than name yeah. to the, their, their predecessors from the comedy mm-hmm. TV show sitcom that, that was Sabrina. 
Okay. So it's, it's interesting seeing how, I mean, they're not, they're not trying to connect them. No. And it's interesting seeing like, oh, Harvey was this big dunce and he was just kind of goofy. And then this one, he's like, I'm going to kill somebody. You're like, well, and, and in fact, um, the chilling adventures of Sabrina is not a retelling of, of that TV series. No, it's not. That TV series is based off of Sabrina, the comic book. And the chilling adventures of Sabrina is based off of the chilling adventures of Sabrina comic book. So people were like, this is so weird that they made this change from the other show. They didn't. Um, <laughs> the, um, like the cat isn't in the comic books of Sabrina. Even that's like, that was entirely just that TV show that had, um, the cat talking the way it does and stuff. I think, I think it had thought bubbles, but I don't think Sabrina actually got to hear it in the comic book, in the original comic books, though I haven't read the funny version of Sabrina in probably 20 years. So yeah, there's probably been a lot of changes. That's, that was the thing that threw me off at first. Yeah. Uh, I was like, if there's no Salem, this isn't the same show. Yeah. But when you take that out, it, it isn't the same show. They're not, yeah. they're not aiming to be the same show. Salem was hilarious in Sabrina, the teenage witch chilling adventures to Sabrina. He's terrifying because he's like some kind of demon, but as a familiar as a cat. Sure. Yeah. And it's just like, Holy crap. Um, I think the other reason is it's a it's a lame reason, but I am unnaturally attracted to Kiernan Shipka, who is Sabrina. She is I don't know what it is about her, but I am just like all about it. I I totally um, I totally get that. I mean, they they say that everything humans do is is ultimately motivated by like procreation. That everything like yeah. it's like why do you work hard to get money? You think it's so that you can have toys. No, it's because the idea of you have the biggest nest, the other primates will like flock to you. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, I get it. I I have crushes on lots of uh, um, lots of female actresses of, of various types, and we, I'm like, we yeah, actually have one coming up in a, in a, in a minute. Yeah, um, about one of your crushes. Yeah. Wait, did I put it here? No. Because I think you thought it wasn't worth talking about. No, I just like Wonder Woman, who's not one of my crushes. Actually, I don't I even think Gal. Did, I don't. That's I what I'm saying. Skipped it. Okay, we'll talk about it in a second. Hold Everyone on. thinks she, she, Wonder Woman's super hot, but honestly, I don't talk about Wonder Woman because I think she's that hot. She's okay. Well, this is what I was going to say. So if we're compare, if we're comparing the lead females from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and the boys, I think my preference is Sabrina. I mean, don't get me wrong. The the I, I forgot who her, what her name was, but the woman that plays um, Starlight. Starlight is gorgeous like holy shit i like starlight more but it's just something about sabrina i don't know what it is i i honestly cannot describe what it is i no, just like it, sabrina it's an inch, instant attraction it has nothing to do with anything at all you can't even say it's like them or their personality because it's not it's an act that they put on for the show i know why the thing that we are we i didn't put in here i know why i didn't put it in here because our when we do our research um the, yeah. the week prior uh we'll see these these come up and I, I, well, let's just talk about it. Altered Carbon Two, that's what I was talking oh, about. Oh man, Altered Carbon Two, absolutely. So, so I know you like, I know you like the the lead actress in that. Um, yeah. The reason I didn't put it in our notes though yep. was because it was a rumor, and when I clicked on the link, it was like, um, the 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 heading said Altered Carbon Two cast release date and that yep. stuff. And then when you click on it, it's like, well, there's no release date yet for Altered Carbon Two, and I'm like, why would you? And that's that's the thing, folks at home. Um, we're trying to avoid linking to non-information. Yeah. To crap articles. (laughs) We know that there's in, you know, stuff coming out, but if they don't have something meaningful, we don't want to link to it. Yeah. We can talk about it just briefly. 
the, the article was like, there's no release date, but it is coming out. And there's going yeah. to be some of the cast from the last series, season into this season. I was like, so I've learned literally nothing from your article, except for that your article is trash. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My girlfriend and I both really like that actress. Uh, she's amazing. It's super cool for a Mexican soap opera star to be able to make that transition. Yeah. And um, I hope she gets in more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, um, this was kind of a funny thing, a little uh, tangent. Um, the the actor who played Aladdin, I forgot what his name was, but Aladdin in the new remake. The live action, yeah. Since Aladdin has come out, he has not been offered another role. Wow. I don't know if that's saying how bad Aladdin was, which I didn't think, I haven't seen it yet, but I haven't. I didn't hear that they destroyed the movie. I just heard people who were just like, eh, with it. But was that enough to make him never get another role? I I mean, I think at a certain point, you're at a board meeting and you say, hey, we want to um, we want to cast this movie with this person. And they're like, I'm 85 years old. I don't know who you're talking about. How much <laughs> money did they make in their other movies? Well, it kind of flopped. Uh, no. Okay. Next, next, well, next idea. Again, when we talk about that, um, I don't know if we can actually consider Aladdin a flop. It's probably one of those things like dark fate where, or Terminator dark fate where, um, the overall audience didn't like it, but it did well in numbers. So uh, kind of like the reverse, I guess, of dark fate where it didn't <laughs> do well in that, but the audience loved it. The audience it only made a billion dollars. James. <laughs> <laughs> it had a budget of $183 million and it, and it made a $1.51 billion. Aladdin did. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. So it did well, but <laughs> the audience, it did well. And just nobody we know actually yeah, literally nobody I've talked to has seen it, which okay. is crazy. Yeah. Um, man, now I want to watch it. Well, and then we bring up the board meeting again. Oh, this guy, you know, he brought in a billion dollars. That's it. He just made five times. The, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I feel bad for the guy. No, but is, uh, is he Middle Eastern? I think so. That's why. I, I mean, just honestly, um, most leads in a country that is majority white is going to be white. That's and then what's our number two demographic in this country? African American. So then, so the second most common lead person. This has nothing to do with racism, by the way. No, this is just entirely just how the media portrays things and how they pick their people, which I don't agree with. I I think they're picking it mostly correctly. Personally, I think that you should look at the movies released every year, and the leads should match the demographics of the country that you want to sell to. Okay, that's fair. That's that's all. That's fair. Um, but that means that there should be a couple movies every year that has, you know, extreme minorities. Yeah. Because it makes sense to me. And that have, um, I wouldn't say all, you know, that there's a blockbuster for an extreme minority. I I, I don't know. But like Moonlight, um, I keep talking about that movie. It was so yep. good. Uh, Moonlight was really good. And that was definitely... Uh, not targeted towards specific demographics and it did very well. I, I mean, I feel like it did very yeah, well. I mean, like if you were to, to say, well, you know that the leads of Bollywood movies are 99% Hindu. Sorry about that guys at home. If you can hear the alarm going yeah. off, I've never, oh, okay. We have. But 99% of leads are Hindu in Bollywood and that's because India is 99% Hindu, that, right? Yeah. And so I think it's just fair. Um, Which, again, I don't agree with only because Ashwari Rai is 
a very, very attractive Bollywood actress who needs to come do movies over here so I could see more of her. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. <laughs> All right, the last one, and I think we were um, most excited. I don't know. There's a lot of good ones, but I'm most excited about this one because Ryan Reynolds is most excited about this one. He actually said this is the most fun he's had making a movie. And that's more than Deadpool. That's crazy. It's so... That has got to be a generational thing, right? Because he had to have spent almost his entire time in front of a green screen. Yeah. And the fact that he thought that was fun, when you look at a theater actor like Ian McKellen. Yeah. Did I pronounce his name right? Ian McClellan. It's either McClellan or McKellen. I think it might actually be McKellen. Okay. So Gandalf. Sir Ian. Um, he broke down in tears and at being in a green screen the whole time. And he was just like, this isn't what I got into acting for. Yeah. And here, uh, here's Ryan Reynolds. And he's like, this is the best fun I've ever had. <laughs> he's like, he's probably like, you know, they're like, act like you're riding a motorcycle. And he's like, run, run. And they're <laughs> he's like, he's making the noises himself too. <laughs> and he's like looking at a big screen where he's like, that's me on a roller co- and, a, and a motorcycle. Okay, so if you didn't know what movie we're talking about, it's called Free Guy. Uh, the very um, watered-down, uh, high-level explanation of this movie is an NPC becomes a PC. In an MMO. In an MMO. Yeah. Well, debatable. Because when he puts in the glasses, it looks like it's somewhat Grand Theft Auto, somewhat an MMO. They had like something that had turrets on it that was shooting like marine-type. If, if you liked Ready Player One, the movie... And wanted probably, more Deadpool in it. And he wanted more Deadpool. <laughs> then this is the movie for you. Uh, it looks funny. It looks um, like it has the, almost the same graphics as Ready Player One. Yeah. Um, and I got to point out, again, when we were talking about it before, the best part is how blasé yeah. everyone acts. Yeah. Like, you know, okay, guns are going off. I just go punched in the face and like, oh, it's just a normal day. I'm so bored. Like. That's that's crazy. Yeah, like oh, the guy comes in to rob the bank. They just drop to the floor. They don't. They just. They eh. didn't even do it quick. He hit the button and kind of just lumbered down. And yep. he was, and then he's having a conversation with the guard. He's like, "Do you ever just get bored of doing this every so day?" At, at this point, they don't know they're in PCs. Yeah, right. And he he ends up beating up a player and steals their glasses. And the glasses let the NPC see all the health pickups and all the treasure and loot and all this stuff. Um, I'm, I I am still very curious. Is this literally GTA? Like they're inside a game or are there going to be lots of players and it's an MMA or MMO? (laughs) It's it's an interesting question, but we won't have to wait very long to find out. Uh, It's coming out July 3rd, seven months. So the day before uh, 4th of July. Usually, what July third is. <laughs> you are you are just on I'm, fire today. I'm on it. Uh, but no, free guy looks absolutely amazing. Um, I believe it's Ryan Reynolds. I think he's playing uh, a a guy named Guy, which is coincidental because an NPC named Guy just seems like it's. Uh, you might as well just name him NPC A. Yeah, like Guy is just a guy. I don't. Know, it looks hilarious. I hope somebody sighs and just says like. Times are tough. (laughs) This next one is very interesting. So Togo is a movie coming to Disney Plus December 20th. And I'm actually really curious about watching this movie. Do you know anything about Togo? No. So Togo 
is the lead in the bobsled dog team that led the 1925 serum run that Balto was based off of. Okay. So this is about the, the lead dog himself, Togo. So it's weird because Balto, I think, was a dog in the 1925 serum run dog sled team. But I think Togo is was live action or cartoon as live action. I think. Yeah. I just don't care but, about live action dogs. I, yeah. It's kind of hard. Um, but this one has Willem Dafoe in it as the lead. So that should at be least they talk and it's not some, like some sort of weird silent or is it William Dafoe is a human. Willem Dafoe is the human. He is, I guess he Does is Togo talk. I don't know. Cause they've only said that it's coming out. I haven't seen a trailer for it yet. Um, mm. all I've seen is the, the big Husky and that's, I don't know if he talks or not, man, you know what, what, what I, I dislike live action animal movies compared to cartoon of dogs, right? Like if I, if I'm gonna have dogs, I want them to be cartoons. I don't want to be live action. And then if it's a live action about dogs, where I have to read the body language of the dog as it's doing things because um, there's no talking from the dog. And instead, it's all the humans who talk around the main... The main character is a dog, but we don't ever get to hear the main character talk. Man, that's boring to me. I hate that garbage. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because there's another movie coming out that we I didn't plan on talking about because I don't remember the name of it. Um, but, it's an, but it's another one about... Um, this this guy wants to go out into the mountains and do like the biggest expedition he's ever done. And he finds a dog really early in the movie. And the whole movie's about him becoming friends with the dog, even though he doesn't want to be friends with anyone. He's a he's a recluse. He's doesn't want to be around anybody. Yada yada yada. And mm-hmm. it's um Harrison Ford. And okay. it's a movie about him, you know, becoming attached to a dog. But it was the reason I remember it is because of course my meme, my meme life. It was uh, it was a meme that said when the mushrooms wear off and you realize you're just talking to a dog. It was it had like the Star Wars font, but it was Harrison Ford sitting next to a dog, just like freaking out. Hmm. Supposed to be like Harrison Ford sitting next to Chewbacca, as a but it was like when the mushrooms wear off and you realize it's not it's real life. (laughs) It's pretty good, Uh, but no Togo. um, I mean, it's coming December twentieth, so ten days from our recording. Today. And we'll find out if it's any good at all. I'm actually probably going to watch it. I'm really curious to see if it's any good. I'm going to be watching Star Wars that day. Uh, actually, a, the day before. There's, uh, Yeah, me too. Uh, there is a lot of stuff coming out December 20th. Super busy. Holy crap. There is, uh, I don't even remember what else, but we talked about it before. Another thing is coming out December 20th. Um, I have my work karaoke function on the 20th, which that should be interesting. Um, but yeah, 19th is Star Wars day for me. So yeah. I'm going to see that. Ah, secrets are meant to be unlocked. Lock and Key is coming. It's based off the graphic novel Lock and Key. Graphic novels. Graphic novels, sorry. Yeah. Graphic novels set to arrive on Netflix on February 7th. Sorry, I had to look down. Um, I don't know much about this. So um, this is by Joe Hill. Yep. Right, the son of Stephen King. And which I'm sure he appreciates that every single time when you talk about Joe Hill, <laughs> which he took the, an alternate name so that he wouldn't be associated with Stephen King, but yet. This not Stephen King. At any rate, so a uh, group of rebels during the American Revolution, they um, they hide between, uh, hide underneath a house, ends up opening a portal to another dimension. This is kind of cool for me 
because it opens to a dimension called the Plains of Lang. Now, H.P. Lovecraft wrote a story uh, that referenced the Plateau of Lang. So this is like another dimension yeah. where these other beings live. Um, I figured you would have liked this one and why I wanted to key in on this one because yeah. I actually saw this mentioned three or four times in the H.P. Lovecraft group I'm in and everybody talking about it. So I was like, I'm missing something here. I've never heard or read about this, but I know it has some kind of Lovecraft nature in it. And now I'm super into all all Lovecraftian things. So um, these demons can possess people uh, with a touch. Okay. And the uh, so they, they possess the rebels. The rebels come out because the demons are like, yay, now we can go into the real world. But... The moment they come into our world, they collapse into a metal that whispers. And this this blacksmith forges them into keys and then forges an omega key. And then through, uh, throughout the decades, people, I think, use the keys for... And I, this is where I'm like hitting the end of my, my knowledge. But they use the keys for like magic powers or, or something like that. Okay. And these teenagers think, well, why don't we use the omega key to open up the door back to the, pl- the Plains of Lang. And that's where things go probably horrifically wrong because <laughs> Joe Hill normally writes some creepy, scary stuff. <laughs> I mean, he's the son of Stephen King, so yeah. he has. <laughs> and he's really coming into his own. He right? is. Yeah. He's, I think he's a very talented writer. I just feel so bad that it's Joe Hill, the son of Stephen <laughs> King. <laughs> you go, Can I just be Joe Hill? Jeez. But I think he got successful before people really emphasized. He got successful on his own. Yeah. And, and that was the important part. He yeah. didn't, I don't think he cares about not being associated with his dad. I think he just wanted to be successful with in his Al, own right, in his own right. Yeah. yeah. Which he does. He is. Yeah. Um, we I'm have, super excited for this. We have a secret link in the next note. No, you should go see it. It, it, uh, it involves some drunkenness in it. And it's absolutely not because we didn't have patience to watch the whole video. <laughs> it, not at all. I mean, we'll, we'll all watch it together. We just ran out of time. Yep. So, um, so principal photography recently wrapped in Avatar 2. It wrapped in November. Um, but I wanted to bring this up because, well, I mean, also the fact that I recently watched Avatar and I completely get it now why everybody talks <laughs> about it. Um, but it was interesting because I read another article. Um, everybody that was a main, uh, one of the main cast in Avatar 2 was free dive certified because apparently there's going to be a lot of underwaterness in this movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, it definitely, I mean, my understanding is that James Cameron wrote this mega giant Bible of the world, the whole universe, even like beyond just this world. And so, um, presumably the ocean city already existed long before, like in his notes, long before, um, I guess like Aquaman made a billion dollars. But, but is this the ocean city on Pandora or is this the ocean city on another planet? Oh, that's a good point. I hope it, no, I hope it's an ocean city on another planet, but I'm 99% sure there's an ocean on planet on Pandora. Because then it wouldn't make any sense why, uh, the, what are they called? The, the uh, I almost said Namek, but that's ne- Dragon Ball um, Z. <laughs> yeah. Ne- Nikila, Natila. no, uh, no. Nefiti, Nefertiti. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he made a whole language for them, Um, you know, like Klingon or something like that. Right? He made a whole language for them, so he didn't make ten languages. No, his whole Bible is about Pandora, 
and the corporation that wants to steal their stuff or whatever. Oh my God. I cannot believe I forgot this. I had to look it up because it was bothering me. And of all the names that I forget, this is the most insulting one that I forgot. The Navi. Navi. Yeah. And Navi, if you guys don't know, is an annoying little fairy in Legend of Zelda. (laughs) Uh, But yes, I am very interested in seeing where they're going with this, specifically if they're leaving Pandora or not. And then what, what's going on with what, what I liked is the lead actor here is not handicapped. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I totally get when, um, handicapped people see lead actors take on important roles. I get it because it's, it's exciting and when they see, when blind people, like blind people love Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, I totally get it. However, I don't want them to use it as like this weird thing. Like, oh yeah, they always just send um, people that are already like wounded beyond repair off to, <laughs> to Pandora. Off to Pandora. <laughs> uh, no, you, we already did that in the first movie. Here, he actually gets to walk around and explore Pandora presumably before he gets turned into a permanent Navi. I don't know what they're going to do. Well, he isn't, I think he is already a permanent Navi at the end of the no, last isn't his, It's a new lead. Oh, it is a new lead. I didn't know that. Well, I think it's a new lead. Unless uh, they create his old body. I was going to say, I don't know, because the link, one of the links that I got was like, stuff happened in Avatar 2, and there's no release date, and cast is the cast. And yeah. I'm like, thanks for not telling me anything. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm 90% sure this is a new lead. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. New lead human. Uh, they'll probably still involve the original uh, cross-hybrid Navi yeah. person. Yeah. Uh, this is another sad one. We always, it seems like the, as of late, there's always just one sad bulletin. Uh, Rene, I want to say his last name right. Rene Aubergeanois yep. um, passed. He was Odo in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, I believe. He was also in Benson uh, several, and, several other and things. Boston Legal. Yeah. This so I am not a person who cares when people pass away. I don't. I uh, and it's not that I am not sympathetic for people, but I think it's very important to me and my morals, my values, not to pretend to feel pain because another human out of eight billion people passed away. Yeah. I, I, it's very important to me. I don't like fake emotions. I don't like fake emotions in other people. I don't like fake emotions in anybody. I don't want to do it. But this guy, um, it kind of hit me because here was a person who I actually, like I watched him from a little kid, um, basically my whole life. Yeah. And so he's gone. And he was, Odo was one of my favorite characters in Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine. I really liked him in Benson. Actually, that's part of why I liked Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine was because I had already liked him as Benson. I was a weird kid. I feel like <laughs> most kids didn't like Benson, but um, I did. So, um, yeah, uh, he worked all the way up until I passed away. Yeah. Passed away from lung cancer. Yep. So. Rest in peace. Hope he's somewhere better. Um, and then, you know, to, I guess to offset the sad news, we got some really weird ones. Ice Cube is set to revive the absolutely critically acclaimed famed television show celebrity deathmatch from MTV olden days when MTV didn't play music. Well, I don't think they ever did. So (laughs) (laughs) they, they always did. And then they very quickly didn't. So they'd have to start a new MTV MTV two, 
and then they very quickly didn't, and then they started MTV3, and they very quickly didn't, because uh, I guess advertisers don't like paying money for for music videos. I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. Um, but I found this uh, extremely entertaining, because I've always... Lo- when I was younger, I remember watching Celebrity Deathmatch all the time and how ridiculous it could be. But now here's where the issue is. So okay. the ridiculousness, if I may, of it um, now has to try and figure out how to trump Family Guy and Rick and Morty and all these other ones that that's what they thrive on with, is how ridiculous it could be and sometimes how gory it can be because Rick and Morty has no qualms about stuff exploding if they need to. And I think Family Guy even sometimes too, you know, there's some limbs and stuff that fly yeah. off. So they're going to have to go like above and beyond in how crazy they can be. And it doesn't, I was trying to read it. It doesn't say where it's going to premiere at. Yeah. I mean, it just feels to me like it's a perfect YouTube. Yes. Kind of video. Maybe, Maybe even Netflix. Cause Netflix, you can get away with whatever rating you want over there. Whatever rating, and you can also, uh, if you want, you can make 15-minute episodes, yeah. and you could have, yeah, yep. you could totally do that. I mean, I think, um, well, it was an Amazon Prime, but Amazon Prime had uh, C-Lab 2020, which yeah. only has like 10-minute episodes. And where, like, I, I've i multiple times said I, I don't like not being able to binge, I do think that... I don't really want to watch 10 episodes or 15 episodes. Yeah. All in a you row. You just want to watch it once in a while. And yeah. Like, okay. That was funny. That was funny. Yeah. Yep. That's it. So I think this is a good thing for something to come out every week for a season or whatever. It's, and it's interesting. Cause I, uh, you introduced me to flinch and a few other ones like that. Yeah. And I realized those are not binging shows. I don't feel like I want to yeah. sit there and watch four episodes of this. And it's a game show and it's, uh, uh, and essentially the same thing over and over again. And I watched it and it did come out every week and it was good. Yeah. And it was short. It's yeah. like a month and a half or something and you're done. Um, so up next resident evil three nemesis, who didn't think we were going to talk about this after the video game awards happened and they announced it there. Uh, the remake has apparently been in the works for a while because it is coming out April, 2020 and there is absolutely no way in hell they could have finished this game if they started working on it after they released Resident Evil 2. Do you think that these companies have gotten too much pushback from announcing a game and then it doesn't actually come out for like two or three years? And so now they're actually talking about the game when when it's yeah, only got like six months. There's a lot of release dates coming up soon. Now. Yeah. Um, but release dates to me are, they're tough because... You know, you get excited for Last of Us sure. 2 and then they push it back. Well, and you got to think about it like they, it costs money. Yeah. You, you go up on stage, you do a big presentation and then people are like, take my money. And they're like, no, we're not going to be done for two, maybe three years. And people have forgotten about it. There's yeah. so many games that I'm like, did that game ever come out? There was, like, uh, I mean, I can name several, but one just right off the top of my head it was, uh, I think it was Black and White 2. Uh, yeah. That was mentioned years ago, and I still don't think we've seen anything about it yet. No. Uh, and I, I almost forgot about it, but I just, it's one of those ones that I just remember because of my weird E3 timeline. And I absolutely loved Black and White, uh, the first series, but you're right. They spent that money, they went up on stage, and why? <laughs> 
Maybe to get investors. The only thing, yeah. if they got investors, it's legit. Yes. That makes sense. The I think there's very few games that can get away with announcing that they're doing something years in advance. Yeah. And stuff like Final Fantasy VII. Obviously, they can get away with it because people have been wanting a Final Fantasy for 20 years now. And them just announcing it got people excited. Yeah. And now everybody's paying attention to Square every single year to be like, is this the year it happens? Is this the year it happens? Well, now we know next year is going to be the year it happens. So, um, did you, you don't, I don't, I think you said you've never played the Resident Evil games. No. Um, they are the original terrifying horror games. I mean, obviously, you know that. But. So I played Parasite Eve and, uh, and I just feel like I always, a lot of these times I picked like the, the game that didn't keep going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Parasite Eve did make another game. It, it did make a, another game, a, another game, not like resident evil made nine other games yeah. and then remade it, started remaking all of their other. But I think games. if you look at resident evil one and you look at Parasite Eve one, I think the release date's got to be within a couple of years yeah, of each other. Yeah, yeah, so that's like that's why I said like you know limited money back and then. Parasite, well, Parasite was more of an RPG than, and that's why I chose yeah. it because that's what, that's what I like. Yeah. Um, I can remember Resident Evil Two. I did play Resident Evil Two, yeah. and I played I think maybe halfway to three quarters of the way through Resident Evil Three, uh, and Resident Evil Two at one point terrified me so bad I threw the controller, uh, not because I was angry or anything. It was a jump scare that got me <laughs> so bad I threw the controller because I just jumped. Yeah. Um, and anybody that remembers the the liquor coming through the one way mirror, that's that's the part I'm talking about. Um, here's the problem I have and other people are having. So Resident Evil Two remake added in the they called it the, the well like the Mister X system the the system where uh, a being like Mister X hunts you down the entire game. Okay. Uh, it starts very early in Resident Evil 2 Remake mm-hmm. that this guy will start chasing you down, or not chasing you down. He'll just follow you around until he gets to you and then literally just kills you. Um, that came from Nemesis, Resident Evil 3. That was a system that they put in Resident Evil 3 the first time, not the remake, yeah. that this Nemesis follows you around. And it's like, so now is it wasted? Because Resident Evil 2 Remake just did it. They're remaking Resident Evil Three. Is that mechanic lost now because they blew it? They blew it all on Resident Evil Two. I don't know. Nemesis. I remember the actual Nemesis being yeah. hard son of a bitch to kill. So maybe it's not lost. Maybe it is. Who knows? Uh, I do know that there's several people talking about how they're excited about it, and I, I don't know why. Not. I don't know why they're excited about it. But I, I did see some some fall off after they announced it. That some people just got upset and they didn't really show much. And I don't know how you can get upset about. Like I saw people like the cover art pisses me off. I saw people that um, they were upset that they were even making the Resident Evil VR game or Resident Evil um, 4 versus 1. Project Resistance. And I was and I was like, well, why are you upset? Because I get why people were upset about diablo the mobile version because they had to wait another year before they even get told about the actual game they really wanted but here both games basically were announced within a couple weeks of each other so so it's fine you whatever you want you can get yep so i i foresee uh, resident evil 3 doing very well i also think it's not going to do as well as resident evil 2 did 
Uh, Resident Evil 2 is probably one of the best-selling remakes of all time, like of an okay. actual remake. Yeah. Um, and I think it just got so much notoriety after it came out, other people saying about how good it was that mm-hmm. it made other people go buy it. I don't think it'll do it again with Resident Evil 3. Mm-hmm. I still think it'll do well, though. So I guess we'll see. April 2020, it's coming soon. Now, how how much can you hop into these games? Can I hop into Resident Evil 3 Nemesis without ever having played um, any of the other Resident Evil? I've seen the movies. I think you can because they all allude to you know Raccoon City and yeah. other characters that have been there. But it's your story. It's, it's that person you're playing as. It's their story. You play a different person each time? Uh, most of the time. Uh, I know you play as Chris Redfield. Sometimes you play as um, Leon. You, you play don't play as Mila? Claire, Red, uh, Claire Redfield, which I think is... No. Wow, damn. What did Mila Jovovich... I forgot what her character name was. All of a sudden. Yeah, I, I knew know. it, and it's gone now. That's what uh, I do. I mean, I'm a, I'm a somewhat fan of Resident Evil. I'm not sure. a diehard fan, though. Um, but I am a huge fan of Mila Jovovich, so... <laughs> that was good there. Um, this next one, I'm... Ooh, this one has me antsy. I cannot wait to see this one. So there is a game coming out on the Switch, which now is another reason I need to go get a damn Switch because there's several reasons now. Uh, But this one was the most interesting thing I've seen in a while. Mm -hmm. It is called Super Mash, and it has the potential to be huge. And I say potential because if it plays like what we saw in the trailer, it's going to be amazing. So what it is is they have some number of genres. It looks like maybe 10, 15 different genres yep and you take two of them and you mash them together so a jrpg and a uh, platformer or a shooter and a racer or something like that and you smash them together and the game makes a game for you to play that is based on those two genres yeah so they have some number of sprites and they have some number of words and so you may get Dave Brothers um, helicopter shoot him up. Yep. And so it may be a platformer with a helicopter. Who knows? And, a, you know, a, a plumber named Dave. <laughs> so it's, it, some of those, I mean, they, they go through about probably 15. Yeah. There was a lot of things and, of sample mashups. Um, I think about half of them looked fun, like interesting. So, uh, I mean, in theory, you don't like it, so you can just go back, choose the exact same two games, let it mash it up again. So, I don't know. That's the thing that I got a little confused. I don't know if it was procedurally generated or not. It I was. Think it was? Yeah, because it showed that it generated a six-digit code or eight-digit code. Oh, and okay. And that you could share that code. So, it's just kind of like Minecraft. So, if you liked your Minecraft world, which is procedurally generated, mm-hmm. you could give it to your friends, and now they could play in the same world Un, like fog of war, everything. It would just be a new world, but the exact same stuff because it's a seed. So um, also, in theory, you could just start putting in your own letters and numbers and see what what it turns into. Yeah. Um, in I'm sure that the algorithm is um, biased towards what they think will be fun because they don't want... I mean, honestly, if it was purely, purely random... 80% of it would be garbage. Yeah. I think if you're trying to do a stealth, because stealth was one of the genres. Yeah. If you're trying to do a stealth platformer, that might be a little difficult to do and might be a little boring. I'm very curious about mashing up The Sims and a platformer. 
Okay. Or The Sims in a JRPG. I was going to say, I'm very interested in mashing up a JRPG with literally any other genre that they had. I think it's got to be not fun, but I'm willing <laughs> to give it a try. <laughs> it does look very interesting. And I think by the time, um, I don't know if we have a release date on it. Let me check the notes real quick. Uh, I think by the time that this actually comes out, um, I will have a Switch because I am not going to wait. Yeah. May 2020. Um, I'm, I got Pokemon to play. I got Smash Bros., Breath of the Wild. I have all the stuff I got to play. And now this just added to it. Well, both Pokemons, aren't you? Yeah. And they sell them in a combo box. Yep. Yeah. I think. Do they? They do. Because I was considering it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, I mean, Sword and Shield, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the last one is going to lead us into the discussion afterwards. Yeah. So the last one, the most exciting news this week, because I'm a big fan, a new Bioshock game is in the works. And it actually might have been in the works for several years now. Um, but it has been officially confirmed that the new studio um, that was created by, oh God, what company? Um, it wasn't 2K. Uh, it's, so the name of the studio is called Cloud Chamber. Oh, geez, all these pop-ups. Sorry if you're using this uh, link. This, these pop-ups suck. Uh, it is 2K. I knew it. Okay, so I didn't want to say. 2K made Cloud Chamber Studios. And this is the new company that's taking the lead on making the new Bioshock game. So the sad thing about that, of course, is Levine is not part of it. Yeah, he's not there anymore. So um, that's a big test. It is. Because sometimes it's the, you know, it's the property and it's the documentation and all those things. That's what matters, the team. We, We have seen and we have actual evidence of a game that was based solely on a person who made it. And then a company took over and it crashed and burned. Yeah. And that is Metal Gear Solid. Hideo Kojima, when he left Konami, Metal Gear Solid did not do very well after he left. It crashed and burned. Um, so we'll see if the name is what rings true for a game or not. Yeah. But every Bioshock game I've played, which is all of them, <laughs> they have been amazing games. And I cannot get, wait to get back into the world. I want to say the world of Rapture, but I don't know if we're going back to Rapture. Well... Uh, I because mean, the third one wasn't didn't take place in Rapture. It didn't take place in Rapture, but it took place in the same world as Rapture. And it ended in taking place in Rapture. Like the, yeah. the end scene took you to Rapture. So I am I am sure that Bioshock, um, the next one, uh, they haven't released a subtitle. There's I think, no, yet. There's no yeah. title for it yet. Um, whatever that is, I am sure that it will be um, in the same world. Rapture Otherwise, related. what's the point? Yeah. So. Uh, I'm just getting chills thinking about it. I love Bioshock so much. I, yeah, I, we we love it so much that we we decided that this would be a good time for if you guys have never played Bioshock, yeah. any of them. Uh, we wanted to give you a rundown, real quick, on the first Bioshock yeah. and why you should play it and what it's about. So we're gonna go do a complete, um, complete, just as if it was a movie. Yep. We're gonna go through the whole the whole plot, the alternate uh, alternate endings. Um, kind of like what we thought as we played it. And, uh, then if you want to jump straight to Bioshock two, you could, and you'd kind of know what's going on yep. here. Or if you want to skip straight to the brand new Bioshock, Bioshock then, infinite or well, what, this one well, whatever out. it is, whatever this next then is. you maybe by then we'll have all three of these episodes out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And cool. then if you just want to play them at all and want to listen to us tell you about them, well, here you go. There you go, yeah. <laughs> um, so w- before we get into the story and the lore yeah. and everything, what is Bioshock? 
So Bioshock is a first-person shooter. Yeah. But kind of, I mean, it is. It's a first-person shooter, but it's not like a modern warfare or or games to that effect. It is a uh, set in a story. You're going through an entire mode, and the enemies. There's only three types. You got splicers. You got the little sisters. If you consider them enemies, and you got yep. the big daddies. And that that's not only the first one. And then um, it's about the story of. Um, oh God, I was. Is, oh, is, we, is, we can go into the story, yeah. but so this is a. Um, quasi like victorian steampunk kind of feel world right um it's it's got a little bit of that like 1950s big hope and vision of like a utopia where everything can be better and everyone can be guaranteed to be happy which is good because it's set in the 1960s yeah so that's that was what they were aiming for um if you can imagine a very big city Neon lights everywhere because I think they just discovered neon at this point. <laughs> uh, neon lights and every other uh, glitz and the glamour. But now put that entire city underwater. That is Rapture. And that's yeah. where the story takes place. Uh, you. It's like Sequest. Yeah. Sea <laughs> Lab 2021. Uh, you play as a character named Jack. Yeah. And uh, the first thing that happens to you when you start this game is you are in a plane crash. <laughs> so it's it, it doesn't pull any punches. You. Shit happens. You just start yeah. like that. You you black out and boom. You wake Next up, day. you're in the water, and it's like uh, nothing's telling you get to safety. Now, I knew nothing when yeah, I played this game. So I was I was hooked. This yeah. hooked me right there. Boom. Like, okay, so first two minutes, plane crash, you're in the water. There is no instructions telling you move up to go forward, move back to go yeah. back, left and right. It is... Hit the buttons until you figure out what you do and where you're going to go. Now, there is only a one-way path to get to what they call the bathysphere. Yeah, a bathysphere. A bathysphere. Yeah. Um, and that entire time is basically your learning mechanics, you know, the very basic ones, moving, looking around, jumping, all that stuff. Yeah. And then you get to the bathysphere, and that's when you, uh, you meet your first NPC and the guy who's going to be guiding you the rest of the game. And his name is Atlas. And he talks to you through a magical box. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. It's, it's just like a radio. It's just a radio. It is. It, it's a radio that he can specifically talk to you through. And uh, oh, you can also put in, I guess, tapes. I think they're called tapes. Yeah, they're tapes. Yeah. Uh, that basically tell you the, the story. So this is one of those cool ones where you can play through the game and you can just play the game and not know anything about the yeah. story because you learned about the story as you pick up these tapes and sometimes when Atlas is telling you you know stuff that's going on. So there's really only three um three other humans who talk to you yeah. throughout the game. And that's Atlas, um the voice you hear on those tapes which um her name is Professor Tenenbaum? Professor Tenenbaum. Well, no, you actually see Professor Tenenbaum right at the beginning. You do see her. Oh, yeah. Cuz uh you're Okay, so let's let's get there. Yeah. Um, so you walk around, you find out what's going on. You're basically you find out you're in a 1960s setting. Well, not a setting. You know you're 1960s, but you're in a place that looked like it was a really big uh, city, and you find out it's underwater, and you can't. You you're going through, and you're trying to find out why people aren't there anymore. Um, when the doors open to the bathysphere, the first thing you are met with is what is the enemy, and they're called splicers. 
And splicers, if I remember correctly, are people who have absorbed Adam so much so that they have just gone insane. Yeah. Uh, Adam is, well, that's hard to explain. <laughs> Adam is basically this magical force that comes out of beings. Um, and it's kind of like a drug. And it can also give you magical powers. It unlocks the true potential of man. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. And the true potential of man is to be Thanos or something. I don't know. <laughs> something like that. Um, but you were met with your first splicer. And this is the, the coolest part because, again, there's not really a lot of instructions telling you what to do except for Atlas saying, uh, would you kindly pick up that wrench and beat that splicer in the head? Because he's going to kill you if you don't. So you get a wrench and that's the first thing you do. You find a splicer hand to hand because you have nothing else. As you progress through the game, you get magical powers and you get weapons. And, oh, wait. And talk about the magical powers. Wait, wait, wait what, are you, what the heck are you doing? No, no I'm, not, I'm not trying to skip ahead. I'm just okay. telling you that you get weapons and you get magical powers. You okay. don't just fight with a wrench. You get guns and you get other stuff. Okay. I think, I think we're derailing a little too far away from the story <laughs> into things they don't care about. Uh, I mean, they don't. I mean, I don't know. Uh, no, no, because <laughs> if you talk about it as you can talk about it in the story, then they'll get it. Okay. All right. Okay, so you've killed your... I'm trying not to go scene by scene, but like an overall. But you've killed your first splicer, and now Atlas is telling you what's going on here. Um, let's see. Um, where did I leave? So that? the city was built by Andrew Ryan. Yes. And he's basically the target that Atlas is like trying to push you towards killing. Yeah. Right? The the whole time, he's you know, you're hearing things. You're, you're discovering the science that was uh was used to mutate these girls to basically um concentrate Adam. Yep. And and they go and harvest it. And they go and harvest it. They yeah. They have these big giant needles that are terrifying. Yeah, they're 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 creepy. <laughs> the little sisters are absolutely terrifying in this game and they're not even intentionally terrifying because there's one other thing that's even more terrifying. So this whole this whole city is basically built on this cycle of Adam, right? I mean, that's that's and it's supposed to be a utopia. Yeah, this is where you go to live your life. Um, I, I presume they they didn't expect for everybody to go crazy, but they <laughs> did. Um, so there's very few sane people. Yep, and you are um, fairly quickly around the beginning. You encounter. Um, the protectors of the of the little sisters. Yep. And those protectors are called the Big Daddies. And they are fitting to the name. Um, they are... So it looks like if I... If you jump ahead, I'm not trying to, but I'm just trying to give you the example. So later, later on, you find out about these diving suits. These Big Daddies are basically... They're humans or some kind of amorphous being surrounded by a giant diving suit yep. with a drill for a hand. And it's not a tiny drill. It is a ginormous, gigantic drill that if it were to hit you at all or penetrate you, there would be no living through it. And so that's why these big daddies are so terrifying. Because the first time you meet one, you have to fight one. And it's basically, like I said, the entire game is not about teaching you as you go. You just go. Yep. And uh, this was the cool part. So you meet your first little sister and your first big daddy. And after you finish that little scene, you get your first option of the game, which actually changes the ending of the game. Yep. So the so, first, so Dr. Tannenbaum asks you, do you want to harvest or do you want to save? 
And, and harvesting is referring to the slugs that have been implanted in the bodies of the little sisters, in the stomachs of the little sisters. And those slugs are actually what um, generate Adam. So the, so your choice is to harvest all the Adam from the little sister. Including the little sister herself. Yeah. Well, presumably she's dead after you extract all of her blood. Yeah. Or you can leave her alive and only effectively extract this, the, the slug. Um, but then you don't get as much points. You don't, get, you don't get as much Adam. Yeah. And Adam is basically like, I mean, it's, it is the resource. It's like experience yeah, that you like, spend on upgrading it, yourself. It is the resource of um, Rapture, but it is also the resource that levels you up. It's experience points. Um, so after this, you you kind of go around. Um, I think right after the f- first little sister you meet, you also get your first magic power. Um, it is an injection or like what is it? It's like a heart vial, right? I'm trying to remember what it looked like. It was like a big vial that, or mm-hmm. no, that's that's the vending machine that it was. Yeah, like. it was a big vial that looks like a heart, and you you basically get a giant needle, and you inject yourself. Yeah, and. The, I think the first one you get is uh, electricity. If I remember correctly, you get, yeah, you do get electricity yeah. first. And it's very important why I wanted to point this out. This game, while no game is perfect, was damn near physically perfect, physics wise. Meaning, when you got the electric power, there's a part where that's flooded. You could shoot electricity into the water. Mm-hmm. To then electrocute everybody standing inside of it, including yourself, if you're dumb enough to stand inside of it. I've yep. done that a few times. And uh, it's just awesome. It's so cool. Uh, you then progress on more and find out more about the story. Um, and so at this point, you have Atlas telling you, get as powerful as you can be yep. by harvesting these little sisters. And you have Dr. Tenenbaum saying, save the little sisters because they didn't do anything wrong. They were just they're little girls. They didn't do anything yeah. wrong. Help them. So... Yeah, that's, I don't want to say that's the entire game, but. So, so Jack is, um, you know, he wants, I guess, back out and he's fighting his way to back to the bathysphere, uh, under the, under the orders of, of Atlas. Yep. And when he gets to the, the bathysphere, Ryan destroys the bathysphere. Andrew Ryan. Yeah. Andrew Ryan. Um, I realized we forgot to mention Andrew Ryan is the founder of Rapture. Yeah. He's the one that created it and he destroys the bathysphere. So you can't leave and destroys Jack's wife and kid. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's real because there's a lot of, there's a lot of mind games going on yes. here. So I don't know if there really was a wife and a kid, but at all. Yeah. I think, but in order to paint Ryan as like the ultimate villain, um, Atlas says like, no, like, uh, now he now Ryan absolutely has to die. Before it was okay to escape. Now he's got to die. Now you got to kill him. He did yeah. bad things. Um, and this is you're going on to the story uh, more and more, and you're finding out that Andrew Ryan built Rapture. You're finding out that Atlas wants to bring down Andrew Ryan because um, because of a war that's going on on the surface. That's a whole another sub story. Yeah, which is super awesome. That's the story that you start learning um, through the tapes. Yep. Uh, you're going through this game and you're finding these tapes and they're telling you stories uh, about everything happening, including why this city was created, what's going on up top, who the main people are, why Andrew Ryan had his downfall, I guess as you can say, 
what happened to Rapture? Why is nobody there anymore? Um, and just what's going on in general? So from there, I think that puts you about, what, halfway through the game? Yeah. Uh, I mean, things get kind of hectic around that around that point. It's, it speeds up. Yeah, it speeds up. And, and so... Uh, at this point, if you're paying attention to all the different stories, like you've, you've learned that, um, that there was a war between Ryan and Fontaine yeah, and you've got Alice, you know, trying to convince you to go kill Ryan and you go and you finally get to Ryan's office and Ryan is waiting, playing golf. (laughs) He's kind of crazy. He doesn't care. Um, He's not worried, apparently. And apparently he knew of Atlas's plan. And boom, boom, boom. It's a Star Wars moment. You find out he's your father. Ish. Yes and yes. Yeah, I mean, he's, he is genetically your father. Genetically, he is your father. You find out that... Uh... You were a mutant, basically. Is the best way. To you were a clone. You're, you're. A clone. I don't know clone. Well, genetically sped up though. You, uh, yeah. You reached maturity within, I think, it was seven, two years. Okay, okay, people. You can hear how how James is going to be totally like racist against uh, artificially sped up clones. <laughs> Ten years from now, what's he's the matter? Like, you don't like the Mandalorians, huh? You got a problem <laughs> with Mandalorians? No, but um, that's what it's like. Is it? Is it this father? Is it not? But yeah. Um, I'm only saying it's not because of everything else that happens. Genetically, yes, he is your father, but he definitely doesn't treat you like one. <laughs> um, but this is the key iconic scene in the game. And it's not yeah. even the end. It's near the end. Yeah. But it's not the end. And the key iconic scene is when you realize, actually right before you go down to Andrew Ryan. This is your favorite moment. This is my favorite moment. It I is know. my favorite moment. It was one of my most favorite moments in, in all of gaming because – it's something I didn't even know until it happened. And it's just one of those like, holy shit. Like it was one of those moments. And so if you guys don't want the spoiler, obviously you shouldn't have listened to the last 10 minutes, but definitely so, skip this part. So at, at this point, you are genetically the son of Ryan. Yep. But Fontaine stole you, sped you up, yep. sent you to the surface. And then basically... Kind of set things up to bring you back, right? So the reason why things work for you, well, is for, because they were supposed to work for Ryan. I think if I remember, because it gets it does get a little muddied here sometimes. Um, you were sent to the surface to get away. Someone else sent you there to get away from Fontaine. From Ryan. Was Fontaine did? Fontaine get, sent you away. Yeah, not Ryan. You were ta- you were stolen from Ryan. Okay. So Fontaine intentionally stole uh, Jack sent him to the surface so that he could be brought back and leverage the fact that there's a bunch of locks and things that only work for the, for Ryan and his family. Yeah. Which means you, Yep. but you're under the control of Fontaine. And you're under the control by phrases. Yeah. And a specific key phrase. Um, it is at this point right before you, uh, well, you do some murdering. We'll get there in a second. That you find out uh, a key phrase has been implanted in you since birth. That it had, do you read it? Do you hear it? Yeah. Whatever it is, you must follow the next command. It's crazy. And that phrase was "Would you kindly?" Yep. Yeah. 
So if they say, would you kindly, and they, they start off very plain too in the very beginning of the game. Yeah. Would you kindly grab that wrench and, you know, defend yourself? You're like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm going to defend myself. And you are so, you know, nice about it too. So yeah, yeah, I will. And then you find out would you kindly is a, is a programming code for you to make you do whatever happens. And at this point, you're standing in front of um, Andrew Ryan, right? Not yeah. Andrew Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're, you're in front of Ryan. Sorry. And the name's changed. And, so and Ryan says, would you kindly kill me with that golf club? Yep. To prove a point. And to prove that you're a slave. Yep. And this, um, I think he does this to really um, send you back wanting to kill uh, Fontaine. Yeah. So, which you, which you find out, so you kill, uh, you kill Ryan. And then right after that, you find out that Atlas, the protector of the people was actually Jack Fontaine, the evil villain guy who pretended that he created this fake person, Atlas to act like he's a good person. And he's been using you this whole time, the whole time, the whole time. Um, because apparently anybody can control you, not just a specific person. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just, just that can, phrase. Yeah. If the phrase is said, then. So Ryan's dead. Fontaine takes over Ryan's systems and Fontaine doesn't care about you anymore. So he leaves Jack to die as, uh, he releases all these, all these security drones. And so at this point, um, you, you should be dead. You're in the, in the locked office, you kill the drones, and Dr. Tenenbaum saves you. And the little sisters who had previously been rescued, if, if any. If that's what you decide. Yeah. And so here at this point, you're, you're at the end of the game. Yep. Yeah. So um, Dr. Fontaine, or Dr. Tenenbaum helps remove your conditioning. And so no more would you kindly. It, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't affect you anymore. And, and a, it, Go ahead. Yeah, apparently there was one more um, condition response. So there was a response, I guess a keyword, that would have stopped your heart. So Dr. Tenenbaum um, undoes that. And then you are set up with the help of the little sisters to go to Fontaine's lair and face him. And this is this is like, it's kind of weird because if I was Fontaine... Um, and I was cornered by Jack, I would really try to broker a deal. Maybe <laughs> I wouldn't just inject myself with a ton of Adam because he turns into a giant, you know, a giant human monster yeah. at that point. Uh, I, w- I kind of want to think like, uh, something similar to like what maybe the big daddies might look like if they were out of their suit. It's like Akira. Yeah. <laughs> the end of Akira. Uh, and then you, you fight. Fontaine, you fight? Yeah. And obviously to win the game, you must kill him. So, which is kind of a good bait and switch, right? Because you, the whole time you think the big boss fight is going to be against Ryan. Yeah. Who you kill with a golf club very quickly. Yeah. And like in that scene where he says, would you kindly please kill me with that golf club? You cannot move your character. You can't turn yeah. left. You can't turn right. The only thing you can do <laughs> is swing the golf club. Which is great. Yeah. So you, it's like to progress through the game, yeah. you have to kill him and you have no other option. So it was super awesome. Uh, but then you fight uh, Fontaine, and hopefully you win. Fontaine's kind of a dick. Um, he's not extremely hard. I still think sometimes the big daddies were harder. Yeah. Um, you know, but Fontaine is hard. Well, you're not fully powered up when yeah. you fight the big daddies. 
So at this point, you've got all this stuff and you've got all this atom and you've got all the powers. I mean, you're. Yeah. And I forgot one of the it's not really a power per se, but one of the big things that we completely skipped over in the entire game is hacking. Yeah, that's uh, a cool. It's a cool aspect of the game. Yeah, yeah, you get to hack into security turrets to make them yeah. fight for you. You get to hack into drones. Drone. Oh, I think that's what they're called. I don't remember what they're called. But security they, drones. Yes, they they follow you around and they alert stuff. You can hack into vending machines to make prices cheaper, or just to straight up. Steal Which I love. I love that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was stupid because the hacking was a pipe puzzle. Yeah. Um, and I want to say it was stupid because it doesn't make any sense that it's a pipe puzzle. But it's not stupid in the sense that I'm really good at pipe puzzles. So I always won those ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved them. Uh, it was super fun. So, yeah, hacking was a big thing. And that's um, – you couldn't hack the security drones at the very end. That's why I wanted to bring that up. And you couldn't hack anything to help you in this fight for Fontaine. Yeah. You just had to fight. Uh, so Fontaine's dead now. Yep. You kill him. And then this is where I believe the one of the three endings triggers. Yep. Um. The good ending and the bad ending. I guess that's how they're broken up. The only difference is the bad ending has two separate ones where... Depending on how good or how, bad you yeah, were. How bad you were. There's Tenenbaum who's berating you, and then there's Tenenbaum who's berating you very angrily. Yeah. That's the only difference. But the uh, the good ending, I believe, if I remember... I, my notes were here and they're gone. Yeah. So, it's like so I wonder how many people um, got the good ending. I struggled to get the good ending because really? I wanted the good ending. Yeah. I, you knew there was a good ending or did you look I, it up I, somewhere? No, I didn't look it up somewhere. I assumed if they give you an option to kill someone or save someone, that there was something that affected That's the ending. That's fair. That's fair. So if you rescued all, meaning you only extracted the slugs well, and didn't kill the little girls. The, the key in there too is all. All. You yeah. have to find them all too, which is the other hard I, part. Which I think is fair because if you kill one little girl... You've kind of like, you're kind of evil at that point. Yeah, you're point. kind of a dick. You killed a little girl. <laughs> yeah. So um, so if you rescue all of them, then Jack takes them to the surface and adopts five of them as his daughters. And Tenenbaum happily narrates to you as you go on to live a happy life and they get kids. They get married in all that uh, other stuff. They surround you on your deathbed. And there you go. Unfortunately, the good ending is not the true ending. Because for the true ending to happen, to lead into Bioshock 2, the bad ending needs to happen. Wait, but in Bioshock Infinity, Burial at Sea, it is canon. So, yeah, the, it's really interesting that the DLC ties it all together. Yeah. Because the next game, Bioshock 2, the bad ending has to happen. Yeah. yeah. But Bioshock Infinite, they can tie it to the good ending with yeah. a DLC. With a DLC bad. And it's not just some tie-in crap DLC. It's amazing DLC. Bioshock Infinite DLC is so good. Um, but yes, yeah, so the, the bad ending is Tenenbaum, if I remember, stuffs you into a big daddy suit. Is that correct? So, um, okay. Um, My notes on the ending. No, are okay, gone. okay. So at the end, then um, Jack turns on the little sisters to harvest their atom and. Um, a U.S. Navy submarine comes across the wreckage of the plane oh, okay, and yeah. finds itself surrounded by bathyspheres containing splicers who attack the crew and take control of it. The submarine is revealed to be carrying nuclear missiles, with Tenenbaum claiming that Jack has now stolen the terrible secrets of the world. Um, and then the 
And this is, this is why I don't exactly, because actually there's a, there's not just three, there's degrees of the narration of how bad things get. Yeah. I guess how villainous you are, it deter- is determined how, so it's, how it's many like sisters. ending A and ending B1, ending B2, ending B3, depending now, how evil you yeah. were, you get ending. Now I did not, I did not kill all the little sisters because I started feeling bad, but then I needed power. So then I killed some. So I was somewhere in the middle. Um, I think this is interesting. I wanted to read the actual narration itself from the bad ending. Okay. Just the okay. Bad ending. They offered you everything. Yes. And in return, you gave them what I have come to expect of you. Brutality. You took what you wanted, all of the atom, all of the power and rapture trembled. But in the end, even rapture was not enough for you. Your father was terrified. The world would try to steal the secrets of his city, but not you for now, for, for now have stolen the terrible secrets of the world. And so, I'm trying to remember why there is a reason why, but you get stuffed into a big daddy suit. Something happens in the end. That's what I, I remember it, but, um, but I, I, yeah, but but I don't. And it's, it's key because when you get to big daddy or big big daddy, when you get to Bioshock Mm two, you're now playing as what appears to be a big daddy because you are the big daddy. Yeah. So, and that's where we'll mm-hmm. leave the, the Bioshock yeah. trilogy off so right now. So, what, um, like, I can't think of many other single-player um, stories as good as this. Yeah, like, we've talked about this before on our previous podcast, and I... I like, in terms of first-person shooters. Yeah. Um, there has never been a game for me at all that has had such a 180 turn or some like big aha moment where yeah. you're like, I cannot believe that happened. The only other one that comes close was final fantasy seven. And that got ruined for me before I even got a chance to play mm-hmm. it. So I think that's why it lost some of its luster. You know, Aerith dying was a big deal and nobody expected that when they played it for the first time, but also playing the first time of Bioshock, nobody expected that you were being programmed to do something the entire game. Yeah. It's not just like, you know, it happened at the very end. Like he has been tracking you the entire game. So not only are you like just dismayed at like how he's been doing, you you feel dirty. Like you've been doing all this stuff against your will because that's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And the game makes you do it that way. I love that they don't, um, they don't just have a cut scene that they can take control of your character and force you to do something. They, they make, make you, you do it. it. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's the best part. It's like, if you want to move forward, you have to do this, especially with the golf club scene. Yep. Oh, that was so good. Uh, and then the, the, the scene that's maybe 30 seconds before that, when you find out that you have been programmed is what's the craziest part, because you find out that would you kindly is your key phrase and yep. you have to do whatever you say. And then you, and then you go up and you see um, Andrew Ryan, I, I want to make sure I did that right. Cause yeah. I always, I keep this, the names just keep, okay. um, but you go and see Andrew Ryan and he's proving to you. He's like, no, you're going to do everything I say. And here's how, and it's cool. Cause it's at, at that moment. Wait, it's saying like a man chooses and yeah. a slave obeys uh, a slave obeys. Yep. Yeah. I know that because there's a really good rapture, uh, rap song that someone <laughs> made. And that's actually one of the quotes in it. Um, yeah, a slave chooses or a mass, uh, a man chooses a slave obeys, and then he tells you, "Would you kindly kill me at that golf club?" But it's cool because in that span of time, 
the character themselves yeah. knows that they they're programmed and they they don't want to do this yeah but at the same time you have to do it yeah and you literally have to do it to move forward through the game yep um the only way to not move forward is if you just turn the game off right there and never played it again <laughs> that's the only way to not have to do that <laughs> it's such a good game um I wanted to key in on some of the other things that are small. Yeah. The atmosphere of the game is what makes the game. I think yeah. if this had taken place anywhere else in any other setting, it would not have worked as well as it did. Um, I agree. It is, there's some supernatural-esque stuff. You know, you get magic powers, but it's not to the point where, like, um, Captain Marvel, like, her powers aren't really explained. She just has them or whatever. You know, it's like science is saying... You, you're being genetically modified to be able to do this by this yeah. specific way. And to do it, you have to suffer because, you know, you, you'll get addicted to Adam if you keep doing it over and over and over again. And so it's it's super cool that it's got this, you know, fight your addiction or whatever, but you need this to live. And it's just, oh, it's so good. I uh, If they were to make this game again, which they will, right? Eventually they'll have a remastered yeah. um I don't remaster, re, redone Bioshock one. I, uh, I would love to play it VR with a lot more, um, interaction with the environment. Cause the, envi- the environment is pretty fixed. Yeah. You can't do a lot of stuff. It's super cool. It's amazing. It's a, it's great for what it is, but, uh, I would love to, to walk through those those environments because those environments were beautiful to walk through them would be awesome but to turn around and see a big daddy <laughs> charging at you i'd shit my pants oh man <laughs> it'd be, yeah it'd still be awesome but the splices I'd be are creepy yeah like there's a couple um uh, there's a specific scene i still remember um i we we i'm not gonna lie we read the synopsis and went over everything we yeah. both have played it before but i haven't played bioshock itself in a long time yeah um but it, i tried to play through it again a couple years ago and I, uh, the pacing, it is a little bit hard now. Yeah. So you have to have time and patience. And that's why I thought this would I, be good. I tried to replay it very recently because yeah. I got it, uh, as a gift, mm-hmm. uh, the Bioshock collection, but my PlayStation is acting up and it crashed and I didn't get a chance to save before everything happened. And I had to do it all over again. I just got sick of it. Yep. Um, but there's a specific scene and it's when you get the shotgun. I don't know if you remember the scene at all, but you walk into a room, there's, Normal lighting on. Yeah. The lights are on. You see a shotgun in the middle of the room. You go over to it. You pick up the shotgun and the lights turn off. All the lights turn off except for the one spotlight that's on you where you yeah. picked up the shotgun. And now all of a sudden splicers are coming at you from every direction and you don't have a lot of light to see where they're coming from. And with your newly found shotgun, you're kind of just shooting whichever way you can to make these things go away. And it's just so crazy because it's not like – it was a setup, like oh, this, yeah. did this. It, it just happened. You, mm-hmm. you know, you, naturally. Oh, it's a new weapon. I'm gonna go pick it up. You pick it up, and then you're just like, oh god, I'm fighting already. I was not expecting this. I'm, I have to shoot things now. I can't expect it. I'm suspicious and paranoid. <laughs> There's a really nice weapon in the middle of the ground. I'm very suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> With spotlights on it. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I would if I was. It, we don't have a dork side scale yet, but if I was going to give this a number mm-hmm. on a scale of 10, it would be 10. Be it 10. is one of the most perfect games that has come out in a while. Um, probably like top five, top 10 games yeah. of all time. Nothing will ever beat Chrono Trigger. Let's just leave it at that. But definitely one of the, the better games I've played in my entire life. 
Man, I would uh, I would like to see something based off of it, a like movie? some a Netflix series. Oh my god, it'd be so good. There's so much wasted potential there. Yeah, I mean, there's not enough sane people maybe to um, to have a lot of dialogue. So they might add like more characters, but just base something off of it. Yeah, there. I mean, because there could there could have been more sane people. Um. When I was so, I listened to a lot of people talk about Bioshock. Yeah. Bioshock is that important of a game to a, a lot of people, and it's it's interesting that you said that because um, I've heard a couple people say, not just one person, but a couple yeah. people say that the most impressive character of the game is Rapture. The entire city itself is considered what a lot of people consider as the character. Sure, stuff. yeah. The city itself has so much character, and there's so much going on that it just. It's its own entity. Absolutely, it's yeah. So good. I cannot stress how good it is. If you have not played this game, the game is super cheap. If you have a PlayStation right now, uh, it Bioshock the Complete Collection I think is at most twenty bucks when it's not on sale. And there's yep. still all kinds of sales going on. It's Christmas right now. You'll probably find it somewhere for cheaper. Um, I highly suggest getting it. Very, very highly suggest getting it. It's one of the best games. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I, I could gush about it for 30 more minutes if you want, but it's a good game. <laughs> Go Great get game. it. Great game. Um, and on that, we will we will stop here. And if you like it, I think we're going to do the rest of the Bioshock trilogy before. I mean, yeah. We, we so have, if, if we do one one game a month, then uh, we should be doing, um, and this is up to you, the second one or the DLC in uh, January. I think we'll consider the DLC as part of the game it came with. Okay. So we'll talk about it all together. Yeah, great. Um, and then we get to Bioshock Infinite, which I loved. I cannot I stress. I, I love that. I didn't love it more than Bioshock. No. Uh, and, and that's because the character. Yeah. I think, I mean, I liked the gameplay, the big bird thing. I liked all that stuff. How trippy the story it was gets. was so good. Oh, yeah. But the character of Rapture is superior to what I would not even really call a character of the... Sky City. I forgot what it's Sky called. Sky City. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. I mean... The hooking, the grappling hook thing. Yeah, we'll get there though. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it on Bioshock Infinite. And also, I think Bioshock Infinite has a mode called 1942 mode or something like that, which is an ungodly hard mode. And I tried that, and uh, I think that was one of the games that made me break a controller once because <laughs> you get to the first boss, and I'm, I died several times. I'm just not good at those games. Uh, but yeah, so we'll probably um, hit back up on Bioshock Two next month and. We will have all these games out before Bioshock, I want to say 4. We don't know what it's called. Yeah, I think that's our goal. Bioshock 4 comes out. Uh, Let us know what you like. Go to Dorkside Cook. Oh, my goodness. I forgot. I looked at the thing and I started reading it. Dorksidenews.com. Find us on Facebook. Find us, well, there. That's basically where we are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm so used to hearing it. Everybody else saying it that uh, I'm just bad at this. Uh, We'll come up with a better ending eventually. Um, And on that note, I guess... Bye, guys. Bye, guys.